Just before Christmas, a major retailer had to make this big confession to its customers. One of the most humiliating things a company would have to admit at the worst possible moment. Holiday shopping season. The major retailer, Target, very popular store. And Target had to say, hey, we kind of got hacked during Black Friday. Actually, for a few weeks there between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we had this big security breach. So 40 million of you, our customers, your credit card information was probably stolen from our computer system. And just today, as I record this show, the story for Target got worse. Target came out and was like, actually, another 70 million accounts got compromised. Also, that was names, emails, phone numbers, addresses, and there's some overlap between the card numbers and the identity information. So it's just a lot of personal information, and that just looks really bad for Target. We at Planet Money don't know definitively how the hackers got into Target's system. We don't know how many of the cards have actually been used for nefarious purposes. But we do have a pretty good idea of what's happening with all that credit card information right now. Hello and welcome to Planet Money. I'm Zoe Chase. Today on the show, the seedy underbelly of the internet where credit card numbers are bought and sold and turned into cash. It is big business. A couple years ago, Adam Davidson and I did a show on this very topic where we toured some of the places where you can buy stolen credit cards. We're going to play part of that show for you today. And at the end of the show, we're going to check in with the journalist who broke the Target story for an update. But first... We go to FBI headquarters in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and meet up with one of the top experts in cybercrime. You can go in and let me see. This is FBI agent Keith Malarski, our guide through the underworld where I'm going to take uh, you. And he's taking me to the place on the Internet where you buy stolen credit card numbers in bulk, uh, hundreds of thousands, even millions at a time. But one caveat real quick before we go inside. Although you'll see the sites that we go to, I would prefer us not to say what the site is. Okay. I just don't want them to know that we're, we're looking. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam, so picture me and Malarski were sitting there in front of his computer screen, okay? And his browser is open to this login page that you have to go to to enter this site. Now, imagine a login screen to a super secret criminal site. Yeah, I'm picturing dark flames, a guy with a cat that he's... <laughs> It is. That's a little bit further than they went, but that's in the right ballpark, basically. It's it's very somber, but it's kind of funny because it looks exactly like a site that sells stolen credit cards. Just exactly like it. It's black. It has this fan of golden credit cards across it and this login screen. So Malarski signs in with a username and a password. Use this one. Forget that name. <laughs> okay. So before I describe what we're looking at once we log in, there's something that I want to explain to you. So to even be able to see this site, to register and get a password to it, Malarski is using a fake criminal alias, and he had to convince two references that are already in the site to vouch for him to get his username and password. So it's basically you need two criminals that are already in to write to the forum moderators and vouch for your criminality, like Two references when you're applying for a job. That's so awesome because it's actually the opposite of applying for a job, right? You have to prove that you are not in any way an upstanding good citizen of the world. In fact, you have to prove that you are a criminal. 
Exactly. So once your criminality is established, that you are a verified criminal, you get inside and it is like the photo negative version of the sites you've been to, like Craigslist or eBay or Amazon. There are a lot of banner ads, but they're all for illegal things like illegal software, you know, hacking and phishing tutorials. And the background is literally black instead of white. But what is exactly the same as those sites like eBay and Craigslist are all these merchants selling stuff, specifically stolen credit card information. Yeah, these are all the the, the different vendors uh, that are right underneath their advertisements here. So there are maybe 20 vendors on just this one page that we're looking at. Wait, wait, wait. But there is a major difference between this and eBay or Amazon. Like eBay and Amazon have spent millions, I don't know, billions of dollars making it clear that you are not going to have to do business with a criminal if you use our site. This is a site where you have to prove you are a criminal just to be on it. So if I'm going to do business with these people, if I know they're a criminal, what's stopping them from screwing me out of my money? I mean, that is the central paradox of this place. So to even get in here, you have to establish that you're the opposite of an honest businessman. You have to be a verified criminal. But then when you're in there and you're trying to do business in this marketplace, you have to prove that you can do business, honestly. So what they did was they actually borrow from the Ebays and the Amazons and have this rating system, and it's sort of community policing. In order to sell products on the site, you need to be reviewed. So if I was going to sell credit cards, what I would have to do is provide a sample of 50 cards to each reviewer. Then they would test them out and then write a review back and say, you know, XYZ provided me... Uh, 50 cards, and there was a good mix of classics and platinum and business cards, and there were 98% approval rating. So now I vouch for him to be a vendor on the site. Wow. So they it's exactly like eBay and Yelp and Amazon and everything. You just rely on the wisdom of the crowd, in this case, the wisdom of a crowd of criminals to make sure people are trustworthy. Yeah, exactly. And all the sellers have these little profiles just like they have on eBay. So Malarski and I checked out one of the guys that's selling stolen credit card information, right? He had bundles of numbers that he was selling. He has some pretty good reviews. It said A++ under his name. And actually, there were even FAQs under his name. Like frequently asked questions for doing business with this guy? Yeah, exactly. The stuff in the FAQs is just like what's in the FAQs in general. You know, are there discounts for repeat customers? Yes, you get a discount. You know, do you ship in bulk? Yes, we ship in bulk. You know, all... The FAQs that are on the site for any business anywhere on the web. All right, great. Well, I got to say, this guy who you just landed on, he sounds perfect. You said he gives discounts for repeat business. I mm-hmm. plan to be in the credit card scamming business for a long time. He ships in bulk. All right, so I want to do business with this guy. What do we do next? You click on it. That's what Keith Malarski and I did. We clicked on this guy's name, and it takes you to a new page, takes you to his site. But These are criminals. So before you can go in, you have to enter your super secret criminal password again. And it's a lot of usernames and passwords to remember. And Keith sometimes has trouble. I forgot what the password was that I just put in before. (laughs) I'm surprised that you don't have like a long post-it note of like all your different handles and passwords. That wouldn't be very security conscious now, would it? No, that's true. (laughs) Well, how do you keep track of it? It's going to stay in my head. Otherwise, I don't. That's why I'm screwing up. (laughs) Okay. Eventually, we log in, 
right? But first, a little landing page pops up that says we have to agree to these terms and conditions for proper behavior on his site, uh, which are essentially no journalists and no law enforcement. And we click OK. So in that case, it's exactly like the rest of the Internet. There's some <laughs> nonsense that you say I agree to, even though you are not in any way actually agreeing. You don't even know what the rules are since you are actually a journalist and he's actually the FBI. The FBI. Right. But who do they expect? Like, do they expect the FBI to arrest people? Like, I'm sorry, sir. I, you're an FBI agent. You were not allowed to go on that illegal credit card scamming site. I mean, they're criminals, but they're very particular. You know, this is their shop. This is their business. And they all have their little quirks. Like, this one forum I went to has spaces for people to post comments and talk about stuff. And the guy who ran it is this other criminal, and he had this rule. No caps lock or you'll be suspended for a week or more. And by the way, that was written in all caps. That's awesome. So you could definitely trade millions of dollars of stolen merchandise, but you cannot use all caps right. under any circumstance. Right. All right. So you and Keith are finally inside the store, right? You're actually now seeing what products are on for sale. So, so what do you see there? Credit card numbers. You just have tons and tons of credit card numbers, expiration dates and names and the three-digit security code. So I log on, I get vouched and everything. I'm in the site. I buy a credit card number and then I can just use that to, I don't know, buy stuff on Amazon, get a big screen TV or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And then some other random person gets the bill. Whoever's number you just purchased, their credit card gets charged for your big screen TV or whatever. Okay, and I'm thrilled. I just got it for free. I mean, I just had to pay whatever I paid for the credit card. And remember, what's kind of funny is this person whose credit card you just bought they have no idea that their number is for sale on the black market. You know, they're still walking around with their physical credit card in their wallet and thinking that they're fine. Right, because you're not like you're not entering your address and having them mail you a credit card. They're just giving you the number. It's and, just the numbers and the security information. So, how do they get that? How do they get that? number? How do they get all these thousands and thousands of credit card numbers? There's lots of ways, right? But two are the most popular. One is skimming that you've probably heard of that. You know, it's those little things that criminals attach to legitimate places where you swipe your card, like an ATM, a gas station pump, a store or a restaurant. You know, you swipe your card there, but there's this little other device that's copying it and sending it to the criminal. And Keith actually showed me pictures from a raid he went to in Turkey of just boxes and boxes of this stuff. Here's a box of the electronics here so you could see uh, all the different pin pads. You know, there are literally thousands of them that were manufactured. So the customer, you know, makes their purchase, but unbeknownst to them, the skimmer has recorded the card information, the magnetic strip data. Without getting in the way of you doing your actual purchase. Exactly. It's just on the, top of it. The customer does their business just the same way. But the magnetic strip data of that person's card gets beamed to the criminal. And what it will do is then it will send a text message to the criminal uh, with the, the, the magnetic strip data. So there's this bodega near my house that has, I think you can only call it a pretty sketchy looking ATM machine. It's one of these where you, you know, you feel like you could just pick it up and carry it away with you. So that could have one of these skimmers on it. Yeah. There's skimmers all over New York, and your credit card number could be one of thousands for sale on the market right now. You know, you just have no idea. But that's only one way that people can get the numbers. The, the Actually, the more popular, sort of more effective way for criminals to get a bunch of credit card numbers is to hack. 
I mean, your bank has all the credit card information. It has thousands and thousands of customers. And if you just hack straight into the bank or straight into a store that had, you know, a thousand people come in that day and use a credit card swiping terminal, you know, you can get hundreds and thousands of credit card numbers in just one day. Wow. So I'm just thinking about all the things I do just in an average week. So obviously I have a bank account. So my bank without me doing anything could be hacked and my credit card information is taken there. The ATM I use to get cash, Skimmer can take my money there. Um, you know, I certainly use credit cards at restaurants and shops and any one of those could be hacked and my data could be taken there. I mean, it, you're making me feel like there's a really decent chance that at least one of my credit card numbers is on one of these illegal sites for sale right now. That's right. And you want to know how much your credit card is selling for? Yeah. How much do these go for? All right. Here's some of the numbers that Keith and I saw. American cards, United States Classic, $30. He's selling a platinum is $35. A corporate or business is $45. All right. That that seems like a reasonable price, I guess. Like a corporate card goes for a lot more because they'll have, I think corporate cards usually have really big credit limits, like 50 grand or 100 grand, whereas obviously just a regular old card doesn't have so much. But Mm -hmm. Although I have to say, like, if I'm going to get a credit card that has a $50,000 credit limit, only paying 50 bucks that does seem awfully cheap, come to think of it. I know, but there's so many of these for sale. Remember, you can get hundreds and thousands of numbers in a single day with a single hack at a single store. So it's just supply and demand. You know, there's a lot of cards on the market, so they're cheap. They might not work. They might have already been canceled. And the other thing to remember with with stolen credit card data is you can only use it once. The minute you actually use the card, the fraud department calls and the card is canceled and it's over. I see. So when I'm paying that $50 for the credit card, I'm taking on some risk. It might not work. Maybe I have to buy 20 to... That's why you buy in bulk. That's why I buy in bulk, right? Exactly. Okay, got you. Okay, so I'm in. I want to buy... 20 corporate cards, figuring at least one or two of them will work, right? Right. So I'm ready to make the purchase. 20 times 50 is 1,000 bucks. So this is a site where to be on this site, you have to be a proven credit card scam artist. So do I pay my 1,000 bucks with a credit card? (laughs) No. The preferred method to do business in this marketplace is is a digital currency. You know, there's a lot of them out there, web money and Bitcoin and digital currency is this whole fascinating thing. All right. So so that's how I do it. So so I've paid them. What do I get? What 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 do they give me? OK, so you just bought a bunch of numbers. It's a it's a data file. It's a text document basically with a list of numbers on it. Now, I feel like I would be nervous to do everything online because I feel like. Even with Amazon next day shipping, they have 24 hours to figure out I stole the credit card and then come find me. So what if I want to take that data file of numbers and turn them into actual credit cards so I can just go to Best Buy, buy the big screen TV and and be done with it all, all in one quick transaction? You need a little bit more equipment to do what you're talking about. So Keith Malarski, you know, our guide. He jumps up when I ask him the same question, and he's got all the the credit card-making equipment in his desk drawer. My plastic is just like this. So he jumps up. He pulls out what looks like just a hotel key. 
You mean just like those white blank cards with a little magnetic strip? Right, exactly. So he's got one of those. He pulls out his laptop, and then he pulls out this little machine, and it looks kind of like a a toaster for very, very skinny little bagels. This is a device called um, an MSR-206, and uh, this is used for coating the plastics. Okay, so he fires up the laptop. He launches this little program on his computer. It's called The Germ. And it's actually a super simple program that's kind of cool. It's like GarageBand or something like that. So he pulls up the little text document, right, with the stolen credit card information on it. He copies the credit card number and the name onto track one. Then he copies the expiration date and the security code and pastes it into track two. We would have those numbers there. I would hit write card uh, like this, and then I would just slide, and it's coded. And he has a working credit card. It was like making a playlist of songs and then just burning them onto a CD. It was that simple. But now all I have is like a hotel room key. Like I can't go to Best Buy and say, I'd like that big screen TV. Here's my Hampton Inn card. Let me let <laughs> right. me swipe that. You know, like credit cards have all the raised letters and the hologram and the Visa logo and all that stuff. Yeah. And if you were serious about this, you would have those things. You know, those machines that do the raised letters, that do the holograms that make it look exactly like a real credit card. You know, they retail for around $1,000, and you can buy them on the underground. They're for sale, or you can actually buy them on eBay. Wow. So the guy selling it on eBay, I feel like that would be a good guy to look into. Maybe he's also doing (laughs) some of the other illegal stuff. Right. Like the five-star seller on eBay of the credit card-making machine might be the five-star seller in the black market. All right, so now I I actually have a credit card or maybe 20 credit cards with all the fake information. Mm -hmm. Now, so maybe the first few days I'm just buying myself stuff, I would guess, like big screen TVs, a car, whatever. But eventually I just want to get cash, right? So I'm assuming I'm like buying high-value stuff that I can easily sell on a secondary market, like, like jewelry or, I don't know, fashion items, handbags, things like that. Yeah, exactly. But- You know, if you're a professional, it's not like you're the one doing all this shopping because that would be weird. You have a team of shoppers, you know. It's usually young ladies and they go to fancy high-end department stores where they don't stand out and they buy fancy handbags. They bring them back to you and you sell them on eBay and then you have a bunch of employees to pay. So you pay your employees down the line, all these steps that we went through, and also you have some money for yourself. That's the business. Okay, hi. Here's Zoe back in the present time, January 2014. That was the business then. It is still the business now. I called Malarski this week. He said, yeah, this is still going on, although he's no longer on the front lines anymore. He's a boss now. And so he wasn't up on the details of the whole Target thing. But I found someone who is. His name is Brian Krebs. He's an investigative security journalist, and he's the one who broke the Target story. And I asked him, how have things changed in the past three years? I would say things have gotten bigger. (laughs) The bad guys are getting smarter and more efficient at moving this information once it's stolen. Brian describes how the criminals most likely got all the credit card information. Remember, in the show, we talked about ATM skimmers, point of sale swipes. This target breach, he thinks, was bigger than that. Clearly, the criminals got into some kind of database at Target. Your credit card information is encrypted usually when you use it to buy stuff. And it was encrypted in this case, too, probably. But there can be this window 
this just blink of an eye moment after you swipe your card, the split second in cyberspace, when that number is exposed and a hacker can take advantage of that moment. When that information is traveling across the retailer's internal network, mm-hmm. very often it's unencrypted, so it's in the clear. And that's that's the spot, that moment that's in time. Do you know who was behind this? Like, how many people does it take to pull something like this off? And, like, who are they, the criminals? Yeah, that's, that's another big question mark. We don't know. And my information suggests that there are four or five stores in the underground that are working together to sell cards stolen from Target. And it looks like they're all connected through some sort of uh, software API type interface where, you know, the the bad guys who have stolen or perpetrated this breach are sort of feeding this information on a regular basis uh, to the the shops that are selling it. And the reason for that is they want to control the volume of cards. So, you know, stealing 40 million cards is great, but Nobody wants to dump all those on the market at once because these markets aren't immune to the laws of supply and demand, and they know that the price of these things will just fall through the floor. Yeah. They sort of try to trickle them out to the shops in a controlled fashion. So people take these numbers, they turn them into cards. We talked about that. And then they go into stores and buy stuff. In this case, a lot of them went to Target <laughs> and bought <Yeah>. stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that It sounds kind of funny, but I mean... On any given day, you know, the fraudsters were going to use a non-trivial number of stolen cards at Target anyway, cause, just because there's so many of them. I mean, 1,800 stores across the U.S. alone. Um, and, and Target sort of pioneered this uh, approach where the, the customer, you know, drives the cashing out process. I mean, you've probably shopped there, right? You've got the little yeah. card swipe thing. It's at the end of the checkout counter where everything gets bagged up and you just swipe it. You don't ever have to hand the card to the person behind the register. So, Right, so it's a good place to use the stolen cards, actually. It's a great place to use these stolen cards. And so they go in and they buy high-priced merchandise. Uh, more typically, they'll buy prepaid debit cards. Mm-hmm. So who actually pays for this stuff, though? Because somewhere, like, a TV is bought. And obviously, if it was bought with, you know, say my credit card, but it wasn't bought by me, it was bought by a criminal. Is it like Target that ends up just having to eat that loss? Or is it the banks that have to eat that loss? Like where, who actually it's pays too for soon it? to say who's going to eat how much of the loss. Target uh-huh. is undoubtedly going to eat a lot of this loss. Uh, because anytime you have fraud involving the physical swipe of a card, the uh, retailer tends to eat that, uh, that cost. There are a lot of exceptions, so I don't want to over, you know, generalize. But uh, at the end of the day, the people that pay for this are, are consumers because the retailer, if they get hit with fines and they have to pay for all this stuff, they'll just increase the prices uh, and pass that on to the consumers. That's Brian Krebs. You can read all his original reporting on security issues at KrebsOnSecurity.com. As always, we welcome your comments and your feedback. You can email us, planetmoney at npr.org. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter. I am Zoe Chase. Thank you for listening. Power, power, never.